Welcome to the Wise Birth Radio. We are women, students, and mamas exploring healthy pregnancies, empowered birth, nurtured postpartum, and natural parenting from a holistic, intuitive, and grounded experience. We share knowledge through interviews, stories, and musings. We hope to inspire you to take charge of your childbearing journey for yourself and your family. This show is intended to spark your own curiosity and encourage you to listen to your body, your baby, and your intuition. I'm Mabel. And I'm Sarah. And we are your hosts on Wise Birth Radio. Hello, everyone. Hello. It's both of us today. Yay. It is December 29th. Almost the new year. Yeah. And we felt like this was good timing for this podcast because it is about manifesting your dream postpartum and so it feels in alignment with the new year with setting new intentions bringing and calling in things that you want in your life and this feels really important um for many reasons we you know we're reflecting on why the postpartum is postpartum period is so important and it's such a huge topic that Mm It's kind of hard to, that's a whole, I mean, there's a whole course there in itself. But um, for those of you who don't know, we strongly encourage you to, we can probably link a couple other podcast episodes from other people on who, who will go deeper into that. But just in like two sentences, um, the postpartum period has, if tended to properly, has the potential to greatly impact a woman's health and well-being in a positive way to bring um, any imbalances or allergies or things that might have been ailing her for through her life back into balance um, and just bring a really strong foundation of resilience and health and strength into motherhood. Mm-hmm. However, if not properly attended to has the potential to tip the scales in the other direction and bring things into greater imbalance and depletion and um, bring on you know lifelong challenges and dis-ease that's not to scare you but like it's just in this this period of time that has great potential to to tip Mm -hmm. one direction or the other yeah and I think it also has the great potential to feel really strongly in one direction or the other like not even thinking about long-term outcomes for your health for your body for your energy levels but just in that time I mean we know we hear so many stories of how the postpartum time is horrible and exhausting and so many people get postpartum depression or anxiety or whatever and again it's just this time of sort of open potential and if the right kind of support is in place it just provides so much more opportunity for that to be a potential for beauty and bliss and transformation as opposed to it being a space of possibility for difficulty and depression isolation mm-hmm. yeah so um maybe just again we're kind of referencing these um, what the ideal looks like in a very abbreviated version because they're kind of big topics and we encourage you to look elsewhere. But 
to us, what we're referencing as like the idea of postpartum is an extended resting period of, you know, anywhere from four to six weeks. In many cultures, it's around 40 days, um, having lots of support, having really nourishing foods. Um, and for a lot of people, that feels just not possible. Mm-hmm. If they're looking at their current life, it's just like, no way, I can't do that. And for many, many people that I have spoken to, um, you know, they're quick to share their postpartum stories of how they went back to work after two weeks or they came home mm-hmm. and from the hospital and cooked dinner for their family or this, that, and the other thing. And, and I think these stories are really, really common, at least in this day and place culture that we live in Mm -hmm. Um, and so because it's not something that we most people have grown up knowing it it feels um, foreign and out of reach and luxurious like you're not deserving of it your mother didn't have it your friends don't have it you probably don't really need it it's fine I don't need to ask for it right and like also kind of I think it can be easy to come from that place of like well they didn't have it and they're doing okay Mm -hmm. which that's great. Glad that they're doing okay. And again, with so much of what we, the information and the wisdom that we're sharing is like, we're really aiming for the optimal. Mm-hmm. And, and also I want to say a lot of, I think with a lot of these things, it might look like someone is doing okay, but there, I think there's a lot of things that people are not sharing publicly and openly because they're private and maybe embarrassing things that are going on with their body or even things that are considered okay but really are not normal and are not the way our bodies are supposed to function Mm -hmm. like even my mom tells me like oh after you have a baby you just leak pee for the rest of your life that's how it goes and yeah that's super super common but that doesn't mean it's normal that doesn't mean that with the proper support and inputs our body is supposed to function like that Mm-hmm. Yeah, or postpartum depression, which mm-hmm. I think at this point is very common and might seem, I don't want to say it seems normal, but it's very prevalent. And, you know, I don't think that Mother Nature designed our mm-hmm. postpartum time to be one that is sad or difficult or challenging. And that's not to discredit any challenges that might come or have, that people have experienced, but... Um, if that is like the overarching experience that people are having, I think that it's worth us looking into and asking questions. Is this cat going to pee on me? No. Okay. <laughs> um, if you're hearing grunting noises, that's the baby wrapped up and wiggling. <laughs> um, yeah, so- I think that a lot of people recently have been sharing more about what this support looks like, what an ideal postpartum time looks like and that's amazing and I see a lot of responses to that of like oh well I can't do that oh that's impossible oh I don't have the time the money the resources the community for that that's like a great dream but unrealistic or I think the other response Sarah sort of touched on it can be maybe like deep down it comes from a place of I don't feel worthy of that of receiving that or I don't feel able to receive that but it's kind of a harsh response of like I don't need that I don't, my mom, like Sarah was saying, this person didn't get it and they're fine. I don't really need help. I'm strong. I do things by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, strength is a really important thing, but, but there's other, well, Mabel has a podcast on this, but, 
receiving is a way of being strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even just when I voiced those two responses that I see, it feels like a very much sort of upper body like hardening, almost like getting ready to fight as opposed to the way that I know I want to feel and I want all people to feel in their postpartum time is so soft and so receptive and just ready to be served and ready to be open and ready. I mean, you need to be that open to connect with this newborn, to connect with the energy of becoming a mother. Mm. At least for me, I don't want to enter that as a fight. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And so true. I mean, yes, to connect with these new little beings that are coming in, it, it takes such a profound level of openness and sensitivity to like really be able to tune into them tune into their needs but also like tune into their gifts Mm -hmm. and like the magic that they're bringing and it's really interesting this is a bit of a tangent but it's just really interesting for me to witness like um you know as I have this five and a half week old baby seeing the people who are like really able to tune in and connect Mm -hmm. with him and the people who are like oh you're cute and that's kind of it you know Mm -hmm. and just like seeing where people are at and like really being able to tune in to like these subtle subtle little nuances of like the really the magic of these newborn days um and yeah like maybe i was saying i think to fully receive that as a new mom you have to be in this really open vulnerable place and i think that's part of the magic of our biology biology um is that if we have adequate support and sort of outside systems in place that that's what we tend to that's what we're able to do our hormones our brain chemistry is assisting us with this open state Mm -hmm. yeah so um yes a little so we recognize that this might seem kind of out of reach and for a lot of people, which is kind of the point of why we're doing this, because mm-hmm. we want people to feel like, okay, maybe what we're, like the details, maybe maybe you can't have food brought to you for six weeks, but maybe you can have food brought for you to you for four weeks or three weeks. And like, really, we're inviting you to open and invite the possibility of receiving in a way that maybe you never knew was possible Mm. and like really calling in the support from far and wide and and like really taking the time to meditate on the um the network that you have in your life and all the ways that you might be able to receive and to know that like if there's any time to receive and ask people for help in your life like this is one of them (laughs) this is definitely the time to go out on a limb and and ask Mm -hmm. for help which can be really hard like we were saying yeah Um, I think that it's sort of twofold the first is creating this support is logistics it is asking people for help it is organizing a meal train it is whatever it is hiring of somebody It's these external organizings that is required to create the support team because I think we can all 
imagine or perhaps romanticize a past when everyone just knew what to do and stepped up to support new moms, but we don't have that culture. We don't have that knowing anymore. So we need to create it for ourselves. And the other part of it is doing the internal work to be able to actually be able to receive that. Both so that when the time comes and you've arranged this, you can feel comfortable with people doing things for you, which is not something we're used to. And also, I think more on the side of manifesting, like opening your field of possibility to receive this kind of care. So changing any limiting stories or fears or mindsets of whatever it is. I'm not worthy of this. I don't, I can't make this happen. And just clearing those mental blocks for yourself to be able to fully open and fully receive. And I think that a lot of times, at least for me, when I hear people talk about manifesting, I can kind of roll my eyes. And so this isn't just going to be a podcast on on how to manifest, like in italics and with little sparkles around it. This is partly that, how to open your energy fields for this, and also how to actually make it happen. Mm-hmm. How to take action, like practical steps to really re... I guess like reset your mind your framework of what is possible Mm -hmm. and what are the practical steps that you can take to really bring bring this in yeah so this is going to take some education on your part for people in your life who are there to support you it's gonna you're gonna be someone who's raising awareness in this way that people may not have had before because like I mentioned we just don't know and Yes, that's a little bit of extra work, and I would encourage you to think about it not just educating people so that you can receive better better care, but also changing the culture. You are educating people so they can care for other moms like that. You are receiving this care yourself so that you can be available to care for others, and this isn't just, this isn't just about you. This is about creating culture, society, communities, families that are able to support families through this time. Yeah, and creating awareness for potential maybe there's mother maybe there's women in your circle of support who are going to be mothers in the next months or years who this is going to drastically impact and inspire them to take care mm-hmm. of their own postpartum time in a different way. And I can say that firsthand um, that Mabel and I had the experience of witnessing how having people get having the opportunity inviting people to have the opportunity to be a part of the care and support teams completely shifted their understanding and their awareness of the postpartum time so that so I'll just go into the details of that so three years ago two years ago two and a half years ago, um, during the pandemic, a whole bunch of our friends got pregnant and we took the opportunity to share with them a lot of our wisdom and knowledge around the postpartum time. And we created a whole system so that there were two care teams that one we named the Amnion team and one we named the Corion team. And the reason we did that is because, um, it's important for there to be two layers of support for the mother and the family. And so 
like a baby in the sac, there are two layers of the amniotic sac. There's the amnion, which is the inner layer, and the chorion, which is the outer layer. And you don't have to remember those names. But <laughs> the idea is that we kind of created two layers of support for each mom. And because we have a really tight-knit community here and there are a handful of people who are, you know, open-hearted and loving and caring and wanting to be of service, we educated them and invited them to be on these teams. And so basically we set it up so there was like a cooking team who provided, who everyone cooked a meal for once a week or um, it was more like enough food for the day. So like a big soup and a side dish and like a nourishing drink and maybe another thing. And, um, so there was one person cooking each, covering e the meals for each day. And then there was a one person providing hands-on support and like more intimate support for the mom. Mm -hmm. And so there was enough people that there was someone coming, you know, at least six days a week for five to six weeks. This was the ideal. Mm -hmm. You know, there was times when people couldn't make it and things got shifted around, but like this was the framework that we created. And it, Do you want to talk about what the amnio and the internal team did? Uh, sure. The Amnion team, like, they were, they were the people who mom felt she picked these people firsthand, who she felt super safe and comfortable with. And usually they might be doing hands-on, like, massage or setting up a steam or sits bath for her or giving her a moxa treatment or bringing her food, or making her bed, or sweeping her room, or you know, any of these, like, really intimate, close mm -hmm. things. And, well, some of these were people who had official massage training, but they don't need to be people who are technically professionals in this area. These are friends that we can show how to care for us. Yeah, and, yeah, a lot of these people were not official tech professional masseuses and it doesn't necessarily need to be like a full on body massage. It can maybe yeah. just need a little shoulder rub for 20 minutes or a foot rub for 20 minutes. Or in my experience, a lot of people when given the time and the trust, like have an intuitive sense of like what feels, what mm. kind of touch feels good. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, so we set up these systems and it was, it's been so beautiful to watch the way that it's rippled out into our community because with each new mom in our community, it's like, this is kind of now the standard of care mm -hmm. for the new moms. And now every time there's a new pregnant woman. So for example, um, when I had my third child three and a half years ago, that system was not set in place. Mm -hmm. And like I had my mom here and I had a babysitter and Mabel cooked as much as she could for me. And like I was calling in as much support as I could from, you know, here and there. However, this time around, when I put the call out, like, okay, guys, it's time for me to put together my care teams. Who wants to be on it? It was like me. I do. I do. I do. I do. Mm -hmm. And I had this long list of people who were like ready and willing and knew what was what was needed and what was being asked and like the importance of that. And most of them were like deeply honored. Like, wow, I'm so honored to be mm -hmm. here and ready and to be like at the service of you. Yeah. But and a lot of them were moms that we had supported through their own times and organized these systems for who are now able to give back. Right. Exactly. And it's been so, it's just like, 
it's such a beautiful, mm. beautiful thing to see the ripple of that. And so we recognize that not everyone lives in a tight knit community and it might not look exactly like that, but um, there are, there's ways to get that ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this can also be encouragement to create that, or maybe this postpartum time is what inspires you to start creating this kind of life for yourself if that's something you're interested in it doesn't have to look like it doesn't have to look like anything just whatever being supported means to you looks like to you yeah and so some ways that you know a good place to start is like really sit down and brainstorm all the people in your life who you're connected with maybe it's people from your church people at your work your neighbors your extended relatives like all the people in your world and I I would just like make a long list (laughs) right and maybe some of those you wouldn't want you know in your in your bedroom two days after you've given birth (laughs) but to just recognize that there's many many levels of support to be received Mm -hmm. and then you could kind of categorize okay these are the people that I feel really comfortable and safe with these are the people that I know or maybe I don't know but I feel like they might be willing to cook a meal here and there. And then Mm -hmm. maybe these are the people who can support from afar. Um, I guess. So that's a good place to start. And also just recognize that like, if you're willing to put your tendrils out kind of far and really reach out to the network, like if there's enough people, it can like many hands make light work. So it might seem like a huge thing to have enough support for four to five to six weeks. But if you're reaching out to enough people, maybe there's someone there who can only cook one meal. But if there's enough people who can Mm -hmm. cook one meal or two meal, like that really starts to add up. Um, And yeah, I would encourage you. I know it can be really hard to ask for help. And I would encourage you to sort of imagine yourself in these other people's shoes. Like, wow, if this co-worker of mine that I'm not super close with but you know we see each other every day and we chat at lunch or whatever if this person told me hey I'm having a baby would you be willing to sign up for my meal train to cook me soup a couple times I think it can be so much easier to imagine the ease of giving than the ease of receiving and so just sort of flipping the script or imagining yourself in these people's shoes you're considering asking saying, would I be comfortable offering this for this person? And I think we are much more likely or much more able or willing to give to someone else than we think other people would be for us. Yeah, I love that. I think that's so, so true, mm-hmm. definitely for myself. And um, and also just to recognize the way that people are already giving. For example, like in your typical baby shower or baby blessing, like people want to come, people want to celebrate, people want to support. Bring you gifts. People often want to bring you gifts and money, so, or offer you money or buy you things. And, um, you know, it's definitely nice to receive new baby things, but when it comes down to it, babies don't need that much stuff. Mm -hmm. And there are ways that you can get you know, used or things passed down or hand-me-down. And so we encourage you that in that space where there's already an openness for asking and receiving that you can ask for, you know, a a donation towards what, however, whatever you might need money for, Mm -hmm. whether it's paying for someone for extra or, 
you could say, instead of buying me, you know, baby blankets that I already have 10 of, (laughs) you could cook me, you know, two big pots of soup that I can freeze or whatever. Mm -hmm. Just recognizing that there are already ways that people want to show up and support and just kind of shifting those the specifics of what you're receiving to these more logistical um things yeah or incorporating it into a time where there's already celebration and like sarah said this open and openness to give and receive like having maybe at the the door to your baby shower a little meal train sign up list like hey you're coming to celebrate me you care about me you care about this baby sign up here Mm -hmm. yeah definitely or something that is um I think becoming a little bit more popular that I did this time around was is to have a nesting party where it's like it could be a baby blessing and an opportunity for people to come together cook a couple big pots of soup in your kitchen you're not doing it they're doing Mm -hmm. it so you're planning ahead and also tending to some other things around the house that you might not be able to get to anyways Yeah, and we have a lot more information on all of this and sort of breakdowns and like scripts or templates in a postpartum planning guide that we put together. So we definitely recommend checking out that resource. Um, But yeah, I like, I love the idea of a nesting party. It's already coming together. People are already wanting to come together to support you, to celebrate you. And it's utilizing that energy in a productive way. But it's also a party. It's also a celebration. It's not just, oh, you love me? Great, go scrub my floors. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And um, what was I going to say? I <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, going back a little bit more towards the reaching far and wide for the network. In the networking, I was just reflecting on, for example, like, when people have a GoFundMe page, mm. you know, they really, they lay it out like this is why this thing is really important. Mm-hmm. And there is some initial investment on the person who's asking up front. Like yeah. you might have to, um, you know, write some emails or call people or write letters and really put some effort into why this is so important and reach out to people. But once that, you know, once your story is kind of put out there, <laughs> I mean, think of all the people who are willing, especially people who, just people who are willing to put money into a cause that touches their heart. And so to me, this this kind of feels along the same lines of like, if you're willing to really put it out there, you just have no idea what um, what might come to you. And And again, really taking the time to think of all the people in your life, because Maybe there's, you know, a great aunt who wants to send you a bunch of money or like maybe mm-hmm. there's a sister that you have who wants to come stay with you for a week to just really, really open your mind to the possibilities and to remove any obstacles or doubts. Um, for example, like when I had my um, my first child, I this community was not so well established and there were not very many people around, but I had a dear friend who understood the importance of postpartum because she took the same training as me. And I reached out to her and I was like, Hey, is there any chance that you would be able to come and take care of me and like support me? Like I can't pay you, but I can buy your plane tickets. And she Mm -hmm. was like, yeah, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm 
she's an angel and a very special person. Shout out to Paonia. Um, and that time was so special, but she, she took it on and I bought her plane tickets and she just pampered me with so much love and care Mm -hmm. for like the first two weeks. And again, I know not everyone has a friend like that, but like, maybe you do. You might, you might not even know. (laughs) Right. Exactly. You just might not know it. Or maybe it's four days, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe it's three days, maybe it's a week. You just don't know. And so I think that's what I'm really trying to get at is to just open the doors to receiving love but you also have to like call that love in yeah and I think sort of the flip side but also the same side is open the doors remove the obstacles and maintain boundaries Mm. um I love this sort of framing of it that uh was from a different podcast episode that we did with Nicole who's the seed of joy on Instagram seed not seat um and she was just talking about how you can how you can figure out how to receive from each person. So maybe you have a great friend like Peonia who can just come and you feel totally open and comfortable with, and that's amazing. Or maybe you have someone who really wants to show up for you, but in ways that you don't love. Maybe you have a relationship with your mother or a mother-in-law or whatever, who really wants to be there for you and is like, yeah, I'll totally come move into your house for four weeks. But this isn't something that you feel totally comfortable in this really vulnerable space spending a lot of time with. But maybe this is someone who's really good at keeping a clean house or someone who's a great cook or someone who can play with your older children. And so instead of Turn like blocking off these different avenues of support thinking about how you can receive something from this person yeah I think that's great and if all of this is sounding like a little bit daunting we um we do have a postpartum planning guide that Mabel put together and really kind of goes through a lot of these steps and helps Mm -hmm. helps you organize all of these logistics in a way that's um just a lot easier and more streamlined so you don't have to feel overwhelmed Mm -hmm. yeah the other thing that i wanted to talk about in addition to opening yourself to receive is to figure out what resources that you have that you want to devote to this time um there's a thing that i've seen on the internet about like people spend an average of this much on their wedding and this much on their postpartum time and not at all to wedding bash but For me, having this support for my health and my entrance into motherhood is just as important, if not probably more important, than having that expensive floral situation or whatever it is for a wedding. So just consider how, what resources are you willing to invest in this? Yeah, I love that. I think that's so great. And and again, I think so much of that goes back to like, how are we valuing this yeah, time? Absolutely. And I think the value comes in education and awareness. Um, and I, I just want to circle back to this again, because... Whoa, 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 cat. No cords. Um, hey, silly dude. Even if it feels like you're asking a lot of people, this is an opportunity. Like, you're also giving them a gift. And... And offering them the experience and the awareness and that this is gonna this is going to make the shift that we're all that we really need on on a deep deep level 
Yeah, and I think opening yourself to receiving is an amazing example for other people to be able to receive. And just, as I've said before, thinking of yourself in the other person's shoes, it is such a gift to be asked. Um, And I think that is something that we, as a society, often feel like we have to be individuals, totally self-supported, not needing any help. And maybe you asking somebody else for help is the invitation that they need to ask for what they want or what they need. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Great. Well, are there any, is there anything else you want to add to this? Mm. I think we're, we're good for now. Yeah. I would love, love, love to hear any questions or comments that people have about this and yeah just really encourage you to um to talk about this with people because i think that's the other big thing is to talk about it and to share and to question and um maybe you're not pregnant but maybe you know someone who is yeah so if you do share this with them Mm -hmm. and and maybe um maybe you can step in and support them in a way that you might not have been considering before. Yeah, you can be their organizational captain. If you're good at organizing. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, again, hope this is inspiring and helpful and we'd love to hear from you and have a beautiful day. 